last night we went to dinner with a number of um, leaders from our global team. We have a global team of individuals who are working so faithfully, so diligently to take the gospel of Jesus Christ that comes from this experience all across the United States. We've got a Northeast team, we've got a, we've got a Southeast team, we've got a West team, we've got a Northwest team, we've got five different teams and five different clusters of leadership. And last night, all the ladies from all those teams came together and we had a great experience together. And there are three amazing stories that um, all from the West, there's all from LA, California, all that drama over there in Cali. And so I, I wanted you to hear about how God is using your community of believers to minister to people all over the country. And so, and so I'm, I'm going to go to you last. Why don't we start with your story first? Allow her to have that mic. Tell us a little bit about how you heard about one, how you got into, involved, and then what happened in your own marriage. Tell us a little bit about that. My, Tell us your name first. My name is Irene Ramirez, and my sister attends one community here. And so she told me to watch this lady that just brings the word, Jada. So I started attending ladies night, Wednesday nights. And from there, um, you know, COVID happened. So I, I watched the high school graduation. You guys did amazing where you even gave away a car. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. And then you did a teacher's virtual night. From there, I found out about the couples conference virtual. So I signed up for that. And then from the couples conference, uh, virtually, I saw that you had an affair recovery class, and my husband and I were in a place of hurting. And so we did that, and Miss Kimberly just poured into us, into our marriage, and, you know, we talked about restoration and, and forgiveness and redemption, and so it's been three years now, and so we're still on, married, somebody. and, yeah, Woo! yeah, Woo! and... You know what? You have a lot of marriage ministries here. And so if there's any marriage that's hurting anyone that needs um, to just have God's word poured into you, definitely plug into one of those ministries because the enemy is just just desperately destroying families right now. And so I have been very blessed by that. And for the past four years, I've been coming, flying out specifically to come to the conferences so this is my fourth year attending and yes and my sister still comes here and I know that she's going to be she's so connected um, and you guys are going to come alongside with with a lot of your ministries that you have for her and my nephews thank That's you so awesome. much for everything on, this community does thank you so much awesome Kimberly, your time. By the way, by the way, notice they're rocking the, 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 the little wear from the woman's retreat. Notice, notice the little jacket, they're rocking it. Anyway, that's, that's just extra. I didn't know they'd do that. Anyway, your turn. Go ahead, Kimberly. Talk to me. Where are you from? Tell us. Go ahead. Good morning. My name is Kimberly McBride from Los Angeles, California. Um, okay, so I found Jada. I'm not an um, Instagram person, but I found Jada and this time last year. When I was at my lowest, lowest, I was alone in the muck of my murk. I, it was just a bad time for me. When you talk about when you're low and no one is with you and you have just turned away from God, that's where I was. And I don't even know how I found Jade on Instagram because that's not what I was scrolling for. And so <laughs> it wasn't what I was scrolling for. And so... Um, <laughs> And, you know, and then 
then based upon our, well, my, based upon a connection, I, and I, I found that there was no, a- No, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth, let's say it. She said it last night, she can say it again, what, what happened? You saw a girl that what? There was, a, it, there was a place for me in the kingdom of God because she had an attitude like I did. <laughs> and that, 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 you know, and that I could, I could be me. That I, I found that I could be me and that she was her. She was real. She would tell it like it is and it, it was okay and she didn't have a problem with it and there was a little toot and, and it was okay. So I, it, it was all right, and, 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 and it, was for the, it was for the kingdom, and I was like, ooh, okay. But it resonated with my heart in the muck and the murk. It resonated with my heart that where I was. And so that was in this time last year, but I still wasn't ready. So in March, um, I found out that she was a first lady, and then I, um, I, I listened to him, and he was like, no one walks alone. And my attitude was like, yeah, right, no one walks alone. I'm, on, I'm online, right, YouTube. No one walks alone. Yeah, I'm walking around my house, no one walks alone. Okay, so I know I'm taking time. So anyway, I was like, yeah, right, right, right. So, I, so someone, something said, the Holy Spirit said to me, well, you know, you can't challenge this unless you go online. So I went to, okay, I'll go, okay, I'll go, I don't want church, visit one church. Oh, that's a lot of stuff on this, on this website. But anyway, I'm going to go on, and I found, for some strange reason, I found Pursuit. Now, Pursuit, for anybody that doesn't know, global, global, go look online, okay? Because we have so many things, but Pursuit is basically like a one step, but for Jesus. So it turns your whole life around, but in the Lord. Now, I've always been in church, but, I, you know, I turned away because I was in the muck and murk. But, but, but I found the Bible in a whole different way. I found the Word in a whole different way. And so from there, I, I, I went to open group. I never left open group, and that was in March of 2021, this year. I have never left one. And then out of the blue, Pastor Johnny called me, and he and I was like, oh, my gosh, Pastor Johnny? Are you telling me this is Pastor Johnny from online? You called me? Oh my, and, and it was like, I really, you, we don't walk alone. We do not walk alone. I was in L.A. in my house. We do not walk alone. And so for, with that, I'm in global, obviously. I'm in women's Bible study. I have a great women's Bible team. And my, my, and my, and my I have a mentor Ashley Riley, she is amazing. She taught me to surrender, and that is the only reason I am here. I never, ever knew what it was like to surrender. It was the me show. Now it's the God show. You saved me for last because yes, I didn't get the dress memo, obviously. Yes, <laughs> Good morning, everybody. My name is Adrian, and I actually lived in the Dallas uh, area, specifically Plano, um, for almost 20 years before moving to California about nine years ago. Uh, I moved for, uh, for marriage, um, and let's just say that uh, I found myself in a place uh, I've always sought God. I, it's a church, you know, it's a part of my life, but I found myself in a place where I was surrounded by unbelievers. Um, and it was just, it was not a good place for me. And thankfully, God uh, doesn't let us destroy ourselves and will not allow us uh, to stay in a situation. He made a way out. Um, unfortunately, I went through a divorce. But what I'll say is one of my uh, sisters, her name is Ming. Some of you probably know her. She introduced me to uh, one last summer of 2020. Sent me the link. It was actually summer break. 
So the first uh, pastor was Pastor Tony Evans that I saw, and Pastor Daniels. And I was so fed that by the time I got to pastor and Lady Jada, it was like, wow. Uh, so then I was hooked. And then fortunately, there is a divorce separation care group that I was able to join. I was in San Francisco by myself. I moved to Los Angeles. I know one person, my cousin, uh, who has his own family. Because of sep divorce separation care, I am whole. I am I'm healing. I have community. You have uh, other places. I would not be. I took Financial Peace University. That's also a thing that you can find on the website. And then I got a call saying, Pastor would like to have you join a meeting. And I was able to join Global. Um, I am leader of the West Re one of the leaders in the West region. Uh, and I just want to say that um, we truly are a campus. We are building relationships. Uh, to be honest, Kimberly and I live in Los Angeles, but because of health reasons and just different things, we, we're all, we just met this weekend. <laughs> so we both flew in and met here. So it is just, it's powerful. It's a community. So if, uh, yeah, I'm just very thankful that you had the vision. Will you help me, everybody? Thank our global community for what they're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Great job. Great job. If you're a part of our, um, if you watch us online anywhere in the United States and literally anywhere around the world, then uh, if you want to be a part of one of those regional uh, 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 campuses, then please, please, please just put it in the text, email us, or call us in, and we'll show you how you can connect with one of our regional directors as we pull that off for the glory of God. Now, I know we're eating into my time, um, and I told our pastor, we had a pa we have a Friday, we have a pastor's meeting, where we're talking about what happens in church this weekend, and what's our priorities, and what do we focus on, and um, I haven't done this for any other service, but I thought I'd surprise uh, all the all the ladies. I, I told the pastors, hey man, we need to just focus on men. We have enough estrogen. Let's just go. Come on, man. And they said, no, give the ladies their full weekend. Just leave it alone. Give. So anyways, 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 anyways. So I, apparently, apparently there's this song. Nobody knows I'm going to play this. There's this song that y'all played this weekend. All I saw was this. So I decided we need to play it in church today. So, Anissa, come up here. Jada, come on up. All of y'all, come on up. If you can dance, come on up. Godly, godly, godly. <laughs> Anybody else that know this song, come on up. And we do love Jesus here. Somebody's going to say we don't love Jesus, but we do. It's okay. Uh, so come on up. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Just, you got to make sure y'all look and dress appropriate, okay? Yes? okay. <laughs> so come on, here we go. I, I don't know what, let me get off the stage. So whatever song that is played, and then let the men see it live and direct, because I didn't see it. I just saw this. So let's, here you go, go. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take it old school like a church used to do, yeah, yeah. Tell him, let him use it. He's just forgetting, but he know he ain't through yet, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, oh me, oh me, oh my. Just got him. 
I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will hear you, forgive you, and heal you. I will be found by those who seek me. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will do whatever you ask in my name. I will listen to you. I will fight for you. I will set you free and I will not change. I will redeem your life from the pit and crown you with love and compassion. I will finish the good work I have begun in you. I will never blot your name out of the book of life. I will come back and take you to be with me. I will deliver you and you will honor me. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being in the house today. What a joy it is to hang out with you on today. We're in a sermon series um, that we're simply calling Sacred Rhythms, or Desire in the series. It's to move people from infancy to maturity. It's to move people from what we've called door number three, simply following Jesus, all the way over to door number seven, which is a life of love in the Trinity. Oftentimes, ladies and gentlemen, we tell people when they get married that um, you need to make sure in marriage you're selfless, self-giving, and that you are willing to go self-sacrificing. That is a, listen, that is a door number seven character quality. Yet still, we're asking people who are babes in Christ to do it. It means that there is a way in which God expects you to grow, to develop, to matriculate into who he is fully calling you to be. Too many people have settled for an intermittent relationship with Jesus Christ and have abandoned an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We have suggested so far in the series that most Christians get stuck at door number three, and most of the time it's because pastors like me don't expect much more from you. We don't, and the reason for that is because we haven't potentially been there ourselves, so we can't teach you to go somewhere we've never been, or because if we, if we try to stretch you in that direction, oftentimes what will happen is you will say, they're not feeding me because the sermons are not about me. The problem with that is when you go to door number one, two, and three, most of the sermons are about you. When you go to door number four, five, six, and seven, when you grow up in Christ, the doors are no longer about you because you're not the point of the story. The door now is about God and how we can get more of Christ inside of us. On today, we're going to lay out what happened to you at conversion because most people don't realize how many different things happened to you at conversion. And because you don't, you don't know how to then nurture, how to then develop what Christ laid inside of you at conversion. In light of that, we're going to pray, then we're going to read the scriptures, and then we're going to jump to some new material on today. So let me pray for us, and then let's jump in. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we now have. Will you remove all distractions so that we can hear directly from you? We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? 
Will you stand with me? Let's read the word of the Lord if you're at home. Why don't you stand too? And let's read the word of the Lord. Two verses is really all you can handle today. So then we're going to hang out in these two. Read it with me, please. Everybody read. If the person next to you is not reading, just gently remind them that it's the time we read the word of God. Don't slap them. Just remind them that's what we do. All right? Um, read it with me, please, everybody. Seeing that his has granted to us everything pertaining to life. Stop right there. Here's what he just said. He just said, listen to me. He just said, you, everything you need to live a life like Jesus, you already have. Everything you need. You don't need no second Holy Ghost. Everything you need. Everything you already have deposited in you, which means everybody here can live a life that looks just like Jesus right now. Because you have it all in you. His divine power has given you and me everything we need for life and godliness. It's already, the entire DNA, everything about it is already implanted in you. He loves you so much that out of conversion, that's what he did. The problem is, too many of us are only glad that we're going to heaven. We don't care about heaven impacting earth. We're just delighted that we saved. And because we're so selfish, we don't care anything else about anything else. We now are just going to say, listen, I'm going to heaven. That's all I need. Now, grace, by the way, grace, if once I'm in heaven, once I get saved, I can't lose my salvation. Ooh. That's all I needed to hear. I can go back buck wild. Yeah, that's what you think. Okay, I can go back buck wild and I'm still saved. Okay, you need to make sure you were saved in the first place. Because somebody who was saved in the first place wouldn't think like that. <laughs> so be careful that you're, ooh, praise the Lord. Free, delivered, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled on my way to heaven. Let me go to the club. Let me go online and act buck wild. Okay. You need to check your salvation card. Because what he, what he deposited in you, his spirit is going to work out of you. Whether you want to or not. Anybody ever doing something wrong and the Holy Ghost just wipe you out? I'm tired of the Holy Ghost sometimes wiping me out. Go to somebody else. Here we go. That's what he says. Then he says, watch the next phrase now. Um, so I'm going to read this. Seeing that his divine power has granted us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. Next phrase. Through. Glory and excellence. Stop right there. Through the true. Two more times. Here, no, hold on. Here is how you know that you're growing in Christ's likeness. How are you going to do it? Through the true. One more time. Through the true. Which means if you don't know the word of God or if you're not increasing in your knowledge of the word of God, then you're not increasing in your development so that you can look like Jesus. No shortcuts. And I'm not talking about somebody else's chewed up word. Why you love it when somebody, when somebody preaches a good word and says, ooh, that was a unique insight. When God going to give you your own unique insight? Why you got to get it from somebody else? You need to go to your closet, sit, your, sit down, and uh, <laughs> you need to get, <laughs> you need to, stop it, stop it, stop it. You, you, need, <laughs> you need to go to your closet, and you need to sit gently, and then you need to say, God, will you give me a word for me? Not for nobody else, 
for me. I want your unique insight on this passage for me. Every time y'all, you love to jump on too many other people's sermons. Ooh, ooh, that was a good word. Ooh, I want you to go in your closet, come out of your closet, and say, ooh, that was a word. That's a word, God. Where are the believers that are studying for themselves? What are the believers that, 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 that's picking up the commentaries on their own phones and say, okay, what does this one say? What does this one say? Okay, but God, what do you want? What, what does this really mean to me, God? I know what this guy says. I know what this guy says. I know what he says. But what, what is the revelation for me? He continues, who called us by his own glory. And so, so, so first of all, um, he's given you the power. You get it through knowledge. And he called you. He called you by his own glory. And excellent. Next verse, verse 4. Then he says something that's real powerful. Mm -mm -mm. He says, For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent. Stop right there. He has given you a promise for every scenario the enemy tees up inside of you or in front of you. God's given you a promise that if you believe that, you will kick the wall down that the enemy just erected in front of you. But where do you get the promises from? His word. So if you don't know the word, that's why you're enslaved. If you don't know the word, that's why you're in bondage. Because his word will set you free. So... So what you need is the promises. So for every situation you have, you have to have a promise that will counteract what the enemy's plans are for you. Which means we need to know the word some more. Which is why you need to study it. Which is why you don't take just, although that's appropriate, but you don't just take somebody else's word. You got to know it for yourself. I want to ask you, but I don't want you to. I want to ask you to ask your neighbor, when last you in God's word? Now, I'm not talking on Sunday when pastor make you read it. When last you in God's word? Don't ask them, don't ask them, don't ask them. They're going to lie. They're going to lie in church. Don't ask them. Here we go. Next phrase. Come on. You're almost getting ready to sit. It's okay. Um, um. I was like, did the word just change? Here we go. I've got, I got it now. I got it now. Here we go. Ready, everybody? Come on, together. So that by them, stop. But what's the them? By the precious and magnificent. So that by them, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. What is he saying? He wants to give you his divine nature. When you get saved, you have it. No, you can become partakers. The more you meditate and you access and you use his magnificent and his precious promises, it'll do two things. You'll participate in the divine nature, meaning you'll act like Christ, and you will escape the corruption that is in the world. The problem is some of us love the corruption so much, we don't want his promises because we love the corruption. You may be seated. Ladies and gentlemen, for too long, for way too long, many of us have stayed between rock on a hard place and following Jesus. The reason you have stayed here is because either you are lazy and don't want to progress any further in your spiritual development, or you hang out with people who you're better than them spiritually, and so you think you have arrived. 
Your standard is not other people. It is Jesus. So you're striving to be like him, not to be better than your friends. The reason we stay here is because it's comfortable to be here. The reason we stay here is because we, are, we have been taught by false shepherds that it's supposed to be here. And by, I'm not talking about other pastors. I'm talking about other gods. And so other gods have, 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 have come into our lives and have distracted us. And so now we don't have time for God. That's why for most of us, the Bible should really read, Seek ye fifth the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and nothing will be added unto you. That's what, he really, that's what you really should say. Seek ye fifth. Not first, because you don't seek God first. If you did... You'd be on the pathway because you'd have your own closet where you spend time. Some of, some of us have rooms for everything else except God. Ooh, I'm going to get a new house. And that house have a room for everybody else. Not Jesus. Um, let's see if we can get started. This the, that's the preamble. Let's get started now. Um, a scorpion one day wanted to cross a lake. And he saw a frog. And he says, Mr. Frog, will you, would, if you don't mind, could you give me the courtesy of uh, taking me across the lake? To which the frog said, no, I know you. I know what you do. You're going to sting me. To which the scorpion said, oh, no. I need to get across the lake. That's more important to me than stinging you. So if you would, don't, and you don't mind, will you just take me across the lake? The, 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 the frog said, no, uh-uh, no, you're not going to deceive me. The frog hops ahead. To which the scorpion said, will you please, I promise, I'm not going to sting you. I just need to get across because I have business to do across the lake. The frog says, man, I think you're sincere this time. Let me, let me, let me, okay, all right, come on, hop on, come on. Let's, let's, come on, just sit. Let me take you. And so the frog takes him over. The frog, they're having a great conversation while they're on the lake getting over. The conversation is flawless. They get to the other side of the bank. And as the scorpion is getting off the back of the frog, the scorpion stings the frog. As the frog now begins to waddle around, the frog said, Mr. Scorpion, but you promised me you wouldn't do this. To which the scorpion said, I know, it's my nature. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm here to tell you that every person under the sound of my voice is born with a nature. Adam, the first man, had a nature and representatively he gave it to all of us. It's called the sin nature. We don't know what to do but to sin. You don't have to tell a baby to sin. You don't have to tell a baby to They go naturally do it. Even your pretty little cute ones, they're going to do it too. It's just what they do. It's by nature that we do that. That is why when God shows up, he says, you've got to understand what I did for you at conversion. Because if you don't, you'll never move to maturity. And what he says is, what I did when they had conversion, I didn't give you a, a triple bypass surgery. That's not what I did. I gave you a heart transplant. 
I'm not about to, to, to make sure that, okay, well then, let's use the same old heart, but let's get the blood going. No, no, no. He says, that's not going to work. He says, he says I got to change everything about it. In other words, God says, here's my thesis statement for today. God doesn't make you better. He makes you new. God doesn't make you better. He's not interested in making you better. He's interested in making you brand new. He's not interested in making sure that, okay, the only thing you're really struggling with in this season is this thing. So let me help you get better at this area. That's not what he says. That's because you're comparing yourself to the rest of the world. That's why good works don't get you to heaven. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how much money you give. I don't care what you do. That don't get you to heaven. Inherently, inside of you, you are wicked. And you want to have nothing to do with God. And you want to do your own thing. And you love yourself more than you love anybody else. And for you to have a relationship with God, he has to have his son, the only perfect man, to die so that he can take your foolery on himself and give you his righteousness. Don't, you have to know this. If you don't know this, you will never progress. But when he did that, he, he left something inside of you called a new nature. Your job now, don't miss it. Your job, since he has deposited that in you, is to take that new nature and then nurture it and then grow it and then develop it. And as trials and tribulations and circumstances change, your job is to depend on Christ more and depend on him more and depend on him more. But the problem is there is there's a lot of noise around us that are fighting so that you don't hear his voice. You, know, you don't remember this song. Back in the day, you used to have a radio dial, y'all know that, and you used to turn the dial to make sure you get to the to K104 that you really, really love. You'd be like, what's K104? Anyways, uh, some of you like 94.9, so, so, so you got to turn to that. But in between the turning, if you remember, it was all noise. And then you have clarity again. But that was back in the day. Today, today, you turn and you turn an inch, and you have absolute clarity with somebody else vying for your attention. You go on your phone today, and you can stay hours scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because everybody, all these false shepherds, want your attention. And they're committed to making sure that their voice is louder than Jesus' voice in your life. That's why the goal of the whole Christian life is to quiet the noise around you so you can hear from your shepherd the still, small voice of God. The only way you do that is if you train yourself, develop sacred rhythms to remove the noise so you can get past door number three so you can get to all the other things God desires for you. In other words, you got to pursue unhurried, intimate time with God, not just intermittent time with God when you deemed it necessary, which is usually around a crisis when you need something from him. That's where most believers are. That's why it's so easy for you to get distracted. That's why it's so easy for you to get offended because you're still trying to control everything, which is when you're in your infancy stage in your relationship with Jesus. So here's what he says. Let me show you what door number four looks like. This is where you should be heading. By the way, the, these doors are not 
goals for you to attain. I know in America, so in America, we love a goal. Yeah, let's knock it out. Yeah, let's go. We love a goal. These are experiences for you to enjoy, not a goal for you to accomplish. Because if you use it as a goal, you'll become a Pharisee. And you'll walk around like you're better than somebody because, ooh, look what I did today. I fasted for four weeks. Oh, my gosh, I'm godly. You're missing the point. The point is to say no to everything else so you can say yes to God. So he can, you can decrease and he can increase. And that doesn't come automatically. It comes intentionally. When you decide that you'll do that. Let's go to, rock, let's go to um, door number three. Here's what it says. When you begin the process of loving Jesus, here's your heart's desire. Your heart's, no, go to four. Your heart's desire, now you have a passion for knowing God. No, some of you have a passion, but it's not for knowing God. It's a passion for NFTs. And a passion for crypto. And a passion for Forex. All because you want to stay home, not work, and work from home. And tell the rest of the world, that's not what I want to say, but I'm going to gesture it. (laughs) So that you can live your own life and be your own free person. As if that's what God really desires of you. Let's talk about it some more. So, he says, what are you really passionate about? I'm not against any of those. I'm against them when they're in the wrong order. So you're supposed to have a passion for God. You're supposed to be less obligated by being right or the rightness. You're supposed to have an occupation with the will of the will with God. You want more and more of God in your life. The key activities, you're supposed to be more selective ministry. You don't just want to serve anywhere. Now you want to be more selective because you want to fulfill your call. You're supposed to safety and security, which is the hallmarks of the person in one, two, and three. You're supposed to be less critical in those areas because you know God's got you covered. You're supposed to withdraw from worldly delights, not enjoy worldly delights. You know you're moving down past three when, when, when the things of the world don't taste as good as they used to. When the stuff that the world loves, you'd be like, mm, yeah, no. No, y'all can go, I'm good. Yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. But when you're the one that have to tell everybody, no, you're in the wrong crowd. Because if you're the only one that has a passion for God and don't want to do the things that, the, that you used to love in the world, it means you're in the wrong crowd. You need some people who will challenge you to go further in your relationship with God. He continues, he says, um, the keys for growth are times of solitude, are critical. The keys for growth are now you're studying for yourself and you have this prayer time that's deep and meaningful and now you have people holding you accountable. When last have you had somebody say, hey man, what have you learned from God lately? No, not what you learned from another sermon. What have you learned from God? Yourself, your time with him. The challenge why most Christians will never get here is because we think we're so happy that we get to go to heaven that we think that's all there is. And then, when you get, and God wants you to reorder your life and create rhythms to prioritize him, we say we don't have time for that. That's because something else has our passions. You have to ask, what has your passion? Let me tell you about me. You have to ask, what else has your passions? There are tons of stuff that have my passions, but I'll give you two of them to let you think about what yours is. Don't think about mine and laugh at mine. You got some too. Okay, so number one, yesterday, just yesterday, my favorite team lost. And I was mad. Literally. I was angry for most of the day because my favorite team lost. 
It's two Manchester teams played each other. Don't worry, you don't even know what it is. But two Manchester teams played each other. And, the, and my rivalry that I despise <laughs> crushed us. You know what? Y'all need to quit tripping. Because if the Cowboys lose... <laughs> anyways. Um, 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 but it shouldn't affect me like that. It just shouldn't affect me like that. And so every now and again, I got to say, I don't need to watch that for a little while. I don't need to watch it. Because it, it, it stirs up my affections. What stirs your affection up? What stirs yours up? When, when, when your kids lose a game, you, you get all, you want to you chew the ref out? Because the kids, they, they missed a call? The, when the ref misses a call, it shouldn't be the end of the world for you. It should not be. It should be. I don't like it. Wish I could change it. Wish I was in charge. I am neither of those. So that's how it is. Because your kids are watching you too. And they're going to do exactly what you do. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's leave the men alone for a moment. Let's go to the ladies. Ladies, you got some things you're passionate about too. A lot of you ladies love your kids more than you love your spouse. I'm pausing for effect. <laughs> you love your kids for sure more than you love God. Because you are more passionate about forming them than, it is, than you are about forming your relationship with God. Pausing for effect. So therefore, we must ask, why is that? Why is that? And one of the few ways you can get around that is by being still and asking yourself, God, will you help me identify the false prophets and the lies that I have been believing where I am trusting them or it more than I'm trusting you? But you can't get there unless you order your life so that you can be silent to remove all the noise so you can hear from Jesus. Because if you're not silent, oftentimes you can't hear his voice. And by the way, if you, if you keep that up, then something more difficult is coming because he's going to get his word through. So you can, either be, you can either intentionally create the rhythm to hear it, or you're going to hear it, but it's going to be painful. Now, I tell you this 100% of the time. You can either hear from precept or you can hear from pain. The choice is yours. Which is why. Which is not. Which is why. When, whenever something happens in life and, you know, some, one, of your, one, of your, one of your gods, whatever it is that you love so much, and something happens to one of them kids, you know it was a god because of how you react when you lose it. Which is why when you go to somebody's funeral, you know if it was a god or not. Because if you lose in your mind, buck wild crazy, oh my God. Here's what you just said. God, you didn't have the right to do that. See, I can't teach you this at a funeral. At a funeral, I got to comfort you and love you. But before the funeral, I can. So every child that's up in this house, every parent that has a child, listen. It's God's child too. And he has allowed you the privilege for a little more than 18 years to take care of that child. 
Don't get it twisted. You own no one. That's God's job. So make sure you're treating them as if they're on loan from God for a season. And you praise God every day for them. Can I get a witness, somebody? I can tee up some more gods. Every service I did a different God. Because <laughs> I can tee up some more gods, but we don't have time for that. So let's go. Um, so now, let's go to the five things. This is not in your notes. The five things this passage, verse 4, 3, and 4 teaches us. Five things. Write them down for me real quickly. Here's my thesis again. My thesis is simple. God doesn't make you better. He makes you new. Five things he gives you that's new. Number one is, he says, you have a new Lord. For most of us, we are Lord over our lives. And he says, you no longer Lord. I'm Lord over your life. See, for most of us, here's what we believe. Um, we think that God takes better care of you than you do yourself. That's a true statement. God can take better care of you than you can take care of yourself. The problem is most of us don't believe that. We believe we can take care better of ourselves than God can take care, um, take care of us better than ourselves. The problem then is we believe the demonic deception. Here it is, that I know best what's best for me. I know best what's best for me. Most of us believe that. Which is why when somebody brings truth to you, if you don't agree with the truth, then you say, that ain't for me. And you give them the stiff arm. Because somebody, a community, that's why people leave community groups. You leave because when they tell you the truth, if it's not what you want to hear, then you say, speak to the hand, all of y'all. Because you think that what you have for you is the best thing that could happen to you. And I'm here to tell you today that what God has for you is the best thing. Even if it's not fun in the season, it's the best thing for you. Therefore, don't push people away because they're giving you truth from the word that you don't agree with. Because now you have a new Lord and your Lord is not you, it's God. And when he speaks, it should settle it and you should walk in what he has called you to do. Number two, you have a new Lord. Number two, he says, you also have a new nature. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You have, number two, a new nature. That is, good trees bear good fruit. If your kid goes buck wild, don't look at their behavior. Look at their nature. Challenge their nature. Don't challenge their behavior because their behavior comes from their nature. The reason you want to stir up what God has placed inside of you is because that's the nature. The more you feed it, the more it grows. We have too many Christians that walk around complaining about their behavior and say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. No, 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 no. The text says, walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. What most of us try to do is to flip the order. I'm not going to fulfill the deeds of the flesh so that I can walk in the spirit. That is backwards. You, know, you must start with feeding the nature. Walk in the spirit. And as you're walking in the spirit, then you won't do foolishness. Quit trying to sell yourself. Next time I'm going to do better. Next time walk in the spirit. Number three. Number three says you get a new mind by the knowledge of God. Which is why we ought to learn the Bible and become self-feeders. Because you have a new mind. You have a new Lord. You have a new nature. You have a new mind. Number four, you have a new power. 
That's why when someone says, hey, pastor, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't forgive this person. I can't stay married to this person. I can't not sleep with this person. I can't not give. I can't. When you say all of those, what you're saying is my old nature don't want to do that. But God's given you a new nature. So what we have to appeal to is the new nature that says, I can do all things through Christ. And the reason I can is because I'm not doing it based on my power anymore. I'm doing it based on the nature that God's placed inside of me and the power that he gives me now to walk in the spirit. You can't fix the old you. He's not interested in the old you. He's given you a new you, which is why we have to walk in it. Number five, last one, is then we have a new desire. The reason we can escape sinful desires is because God has given us a new desire. That's what he does, which leads us now to the breakdown of the two, the new nature and the old nature. Take a look at it. Here's what it goes. Let's put all five of them down. You have a new appetite, you have a new behavior, you have a new environment, and you have a new association. Listen, family, listen. If all you do is feed the old appetite, then guess what's going to happen? Your behavior is going to reflect you looking just like the world. And then guess what's going to happen? You're going to hang out in an environment that supports the behavior that feeds the appetite. And then you're going to have associates or friends that want to live in this environment, that want to support this behavior, that then want to have this kind of appetite. The issue becomes, God says, the reason you leave door three is because you want to change your appetite, you want to change your behavior, you want to get a new environment, and you want to therefore have new friends. Let's talk about this for a moment, which is why when you, one of the worst things you can do is get in the habit environment now of trying to hear from 10 different preachers to feed your soul instead of you learning how to feed your own soul because now you're waiting on everybody else to give you an untimed word for you which shows you that you're still going after milk and not the meat of the word you're it's, it's about time you've been in church long enough where you don't need somebody else to tell you i'm not saying you don't need to be a part of a community but you don't need everybody else to tell you everything about you because then you have made you the focus of it and not the fruit of the word taking root in your heart that's why you don't want too much word. The more word you have, the more you have to apply it. Don't go listen to everybody because if you do, then now you have 10 messages to go apply. And the more you apply it, and the more you don't apply it, but you love to hear it, the more your heart becomes stubborn toward the movement of the spirit of the living God. It's dangerous to have an overexposure to word and an under-response to word. It means you're getting a hard heart and you don't even know you're getting a hard heart. Be careful, fam. Be careful. That's why you want to be in the word for yourself and then you want God to be churning your heart and you say, God, I got my one truth for the day. Let me go try and live this out. But when you walk away from a Sunday with 15 truths, you're crazy. Because what you just said, God, here's what you just told God. God, anywhere else to these 50, I'm going to apply. What you just said is, I care so much about me, I just want to be full. Be careful that you get so full, you stop applying. And so all you want to hear is a good word and do nothing about it. You should be afraid. You really should. You should be afraid to have too much word. There's sometimes you need to walk out of a sermon and say, I've had all I need for today. I can't take no more. 
Let me, God, just let me do this little piece right here. This little piece, let me go do this. I'm good. I don't need to have my word for the day. Anything else the pastor says, it don't matter to me. This is the only word I need to go apply. God bless y'all. I love y'all. I ain't trying to be offensive, but I got my word for the day. Bye. Peace. I'm hot because I need to go apply this one. But when you have a church that hear word after word after word after word and do nothing about it, then you're saying, God, I mean, I'm trying. And here, here's the phrase you use. Here's the phrase you use. Here's the phrase you use. I'm not there yet. You ever use that word yet? You know, somebody says, hey, man, this is what you need to do. You need to go. You know the word. Let's go do it now. And you'll be like, I ain't there yet. Here's what you just said. You just reinforced that you're here, that you love being here, and you don't want to change from being here. Which really means, God, I don't hear nothing else from you. Because I don't want to apply what I already know I should apply. But when you hang out with people, and then when you say, I ain't there yet, I ain't there yet. And they say, girl, me too, I ain't there yet. Just ain't there yet, me and you. We ain't there yet. When you hanging out with your boys, and they be like, yeah, I'm just saying, I, 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 I mean, I know I'm supposed to forgive. I know I'm supposed to love. I know I'm supposed to give. I know I'm supposed to be self-sacrificed. I know I'm supposed to love her no matter what she does. But I ain't there yet. I ain't there yet. I ain't Jesus. I ain't there yet. And they say to you, I feel you. No, you're not supposed to feel me. <laughs> None of that foolishness talking about you feel me. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I rebuke the thought that you're not there yet. Because his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Walk in the truth. Mm -hmm. Say it. Hey, say it. Let him use you. That's right. That's right. That's what you need to tell him. Tell him. Let him use you. Let him use. Go walk up into that forgiveness. Let him use you. Say it. Anyways, come on. Let's go. We don't have no time for all that. Oh, Lord, it's 10 minutes left. Come on. Before the next service. Come on. Let's go. Um, uh, that's why some of you need to watch this. I have to make this one. That's why some of you need to watch your association. That's why some of you need to watch who you hang out with. And, and I always get in trouble when I say, that's why if you're, if you're frat brothers and if you're sorority sisters, don't love Jesus. Be careful how much you let them influence you. Ain't nothing wrong with having bros and, and sisters. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm supporting. We're going to help you business-wise and everything else. But don't let them help you business-wise. And then your relationship with Christ suffers. Because then you're depending on a person to, to take you up and not God. Be careful, my friends. Be careful. Because he says, watch it. There's some environments you have no business doing in men anymore. There's some friendships you have no business making them be the influencer over you. There's some appetites that you shouldn't have anymore. Now let's go back to the text and let's see what the text says. Let me break it down for you. Go to the top part of your sermon handouts and you'll see. It starts with, no, not the text, the, the illustration, the, the concept. Uh, on the top part of the notes. It starts there, and it starts with the power of God. His divine, his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. It's the process of spiritual formation. So when he gives you that, here's number two that he expects in light of that. He's called you by his glory and excellence. That means he's saying, I'm calling you to something new. It's an invitation. From there he leads us to, now he says, because of these great and precious promises. 
Have anybody in ever lost your keys? You're trying to go somewhere. And you go outside. Some of y'all so fancy. Now you have key fobs. Um, some of you, any of you ever, um, you can't find your, your key fob or your key or whatever you got. And you're trying to go somewhere. And you get, you're like, well, that's what it's like. Because God says, God says, my promises are like keys. Every time the enemy erects a door to block your progress, if you know my promise, then there ain't no door he can erect that you can't get through. The problem is, if you have an illiterate church, a biblically illiterate church that does not know or does not have the promises that are great and magnificent, it means when the enemy puts up a door, you can't get in because you don't have the keys. So therefore, when God has already equipped you for life and godliness, you don't know the word because you're stuck over here. But the more you spend time with him, the more you meditate on his word, the more keys you add to your key ring. So when the enemy raises something up, you can say, enemy, I know where God wants me to go because his word says, if I trust in him, he will direct my path. So excuse me, sir. Let me unlock this door, sir, so I can get to where God asked me. You don't need to ask anybody about it. Just get your keys from his word. How do I get them, Pastor? That's why you got to stay at home sometimes and meditate on his word. That's why you have to go away sometimes and be silent and silence every other noise so that you get additional keys so that when the weight of life comes on you, you can take your key out and say, the devil is a liar. Here's the truth that God's word says, get out of here, devil. Let me kick this door in based on the promises of the word of God. This is not by your power that you do this. It's by the great and magnificent promises that he gives you the keys to open up the next level. Can I get a witness, one community church? Come on, fam. So he says, you're going to get those promises, but those promises now make you partakers in his nature. And this, because you're a partaker, now you can escape the corruption of the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the only way you get past door three is if you create these rhythms of silence and solitude and fasting. The reason you fast is because you notice a God in your life. You notice you, your heart's drawn to something and you don't want it drawn to it anymore. So then you give up the, something in the flesh, food, so that you can get a greater craving of the spirit so that the, the, the divine nature in you can grow to identify the things that, that are taking God's place so that you can remove them so God can have his rightful place. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. Ladies and gentlemen, um, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, um, then whatever is inside of you, when I shake it up, because it's the old nature, under pressure, nothing happens. All right, you know me up because you've not been regenerated. But, 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 but then there's some Christians here today. And these Christians, ah, ah, the pressure the world hits. These Christians right here, ah.
The problem is when you open it up, they're flat. And the reason they're flat is because they don't want to go beyond door three. They're just settled on the fact that they come to church. They let other people worship for them at church. They let other people chew up the word of God for them. And all they do is just come, say, I've done my obligatory responsibility by going to church. And so I'm a flat Christian. That's why when the world says, hey, man, you must hate this person because they don't vote like you. You must hate this person because they don't like the team you like. You hate them because you're flat. You don't know the promises of God. You don't know the word of God. So whatever anybody else says goes because you listen to false shepherds. But Lord have mercy. When you, when you decide that God, I've had enough. I need more of you. Thanks for depositing your Holy Spirit within me. Thanks for the new nature. And you decide that I'm not going to stay at new beginnings. I'm not going to stay at rock on a hard place. I'm not just going to stay, but I'm going to carve time out to spend with you. I'm going to carve time out to be silent so I can hear your word, so I can hear your voice, your still quiet voice. All of a sudden now, there is something inside of you that cannot wait to get out. And so no matter how much the enemy shakes you, no matter how much he tries to get on your last nerve, all it's doing is forcing you to go into your closet and spend more time in prayer and spend more time in Jesus. And when the world shakes you and when the political opinions you don't agree with and it shakes you, it's not, it's not coming out. It's making you go deeper in your relationship to God. Come on up here, Pastor Matt, because I ain't opening this. Uh, it makes you go real deep. Because it's a whole different ball game. The other t- I opened the other two on Friday. And I made sure ain't nothing was in there. So when I opened it, nothing would happen. Because you're a flat Christian. But when you nurture and develop and spend some time with Jesus, then what happens is, Pastor, you give it to your executive pastor and let him do it. <laughs> but now, what happens is there's something inside of you that's bursting, that cannot wait to come out. And when people come across your path, now what's going to overflow into them is what the Word of God has been saying to them all along. But that's what happens when you nurture and you develop the divine nature that's inside of you. So here's my only application for you today. Just remember... God is not interested in in making you better. He's interested in making you new. Well, that means now you have to develop the thing, the divine nature that he has put inside of you. And you have to give it access and freedom all over your life, all over your thoughts, all over your behavior, all over your actions. So that he can work in and then through you. Heavenly Father, will you help this body of believers? not just settle for being a nominal Christian, I'm on my way to heaven. But will you help us all go from infancy to maturity in the formation process of us looking more like you. God, help us to not compare ourselves with another believer, but help us to compare ourselves with how we're doing in relation to Jesus. Will you change and turn all our hearts toward every person under the sound of my voice, online and in the house? Will you help us shape or maturity in you. This week, God, will you help us spend an extra half an hour in our time with you? This week, will you help us turn all the noise off so that we can hear your still, 
small voice. Will you help us, God? Listen a little bit of worship you right in our homes when nobody else is there. Will you help us get a word from you based on our own study time with you? Help us, God. Simply develop a new discipline to stir our affections for you. Will you teach us how to do that? We're not interested in being popular. We're not interested in being happy. We're interested in being holy. Will you take us on that journey with you? You died so we'd have the opportunity to do it. Will you help us take this opportunity? We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Come on, family. Give God a round of applause. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I want you to stay right where you are. I don't want you to move just yet. Um, I'll be done in exactly a minute and a half. First of all, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, 